If you are digging back through the Photo Business Help Catalog, which you must be if you're hearing this message right now, keep in mind that technology changes and our offerings change. So any links that you might hear me mention during this episode you're about to hear may not work anymore. Make sure you head to photobizhelp.com forward slash links for all of our current links and offers. That's photobizhelp.com forward slash links and ignore the things that you hear in this episode today because they might be outdated. Everything you need is at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. This episode of the Photo Business Help podcast is brought to you by one of my personal favorite places in Minneapolis, Studio Q. Studio Q is a 5,000 square foot studio in the heart of the Creative District in Northeast Minneapolis. The studio offers a welcoming and creative space for photographers, videographers, creatives, and small events. The studio includes a welcoming lounge area, co-working space, full kitchen, prop area, private bathroom, and large shooting area. With a collection of backgrounds, food, and lifestyle props, Studio Q is everything you need for big or small projects. Join the studio for one hour, a full day, or co-work with them by the month. Ask about rates, book your next shoot, or request a studio tour on their website at studioqmpls.com. That's Studio Q mpls.com. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a place for photographers who want to earn money with photography and live a better life. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. Since going full-time in 2010, photography has brought me more freedom, income, and opportunities than I ever imagined. It's been so positive for me that I want to show you everything I know. You'll learn more than just businessy things, though, including my favorite ways to be mindful and happier on this journey. Hey, you're tuned into the Photo Business Help Podcast. My name is Natalie Jennings. I'm your host. And today I am joined by Kristen Olson, who is a photographer and food expert. In the past couple of episodes, I've mentioned that we're going to be doing a beginner food photography module. Uh, Kristen's here with me today, and we are going to talk about styling food or lighting for food photography, and then we're also going to talk about the equipment she uses. So if this is something that is relatively new to you or you want to learn a little bit more about, this is something you should listen to. So Kristen's worked as a food photographer and recipe developer supporting food brands like Target, Rosada Wines, Lake Winds Co-op, Daya Foods, and Bushel Boy. After 10 years with General Mills in the Betty Crocker Test Kitchens, Kristen launched Quincy Street Kitchen as a way to share her love of food, content creation, and storytelling for big and small companies in the food space. She specializes in food photography and video recipe development and is a media-trained spokesperson. Outside of her professional life, Kristen loves traveling, motorcycles, beekeeping, and bourbon. So welcome, Kristen. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. Yes, excited to talk all things food. Yes, so... This is part one, and today we're going to talk a little bit about just the styling for new photographers when they are starting to dive into the food photography realm. So what are some things, especially for, you know, this podcast is geared towards newer photographers, people that maybe maybe have like never really tried this outside of their iPhone at dinner or whatever. So what are some sort of things that you recommend people do when they start out in food photography? 
Sure, sure. A food photography is a really fun way to start um, in, in the photography world. One thing to really keep in mind as far as styling goes is that the food really dictates the kind of the way that it shows up best in a photo. So if you think, for example, a pizza versus a beautifully stacked uh, double layer burger, those have different heights and different placements and um, will kind of determine the the way that you're going to photograph them. So for a pizza, definitely better to photograph it from overhead rather than straight on because you really won't see much besides the side of the crust um, if you're coming at it from the side of the table. Um, top down, you can be able to see the cheese, you can um, see a lot of the texture, you can see you know the plates and the dinner table, um, and that could be a really fun way to photograph it. Whereas a, a burger or even a... Um, like a layer cake. You can see all the different layers. You can see the ingredients that are in there. Um, you can see the, the cheese melting over that burger patty. And that is definitely more interesting coming from the side. So as far as general styling goes, um, I'd say the food kind of de determines, you know, its best side for you to photograph. But thinking about how you would how you would approach it as if you were sitting down at the dinner table to eat that item. That's sort of the way I love to, to approach it, as if you were sitting down at the dinner table and um, going to dive right into that meal, how would you be looking at that item? So pretend that your eye is the camera. That's a great that's a great tip and a great place to start. Would you say that it's a good sort of rule of thumb to think of just those two? Um, angles starting out like kind of straight on and straight from up above rather than everything in between is that <laughs> yeah yeah I think that is a little bit easier to grasp uh, there is also the three-quarter angle so as if you were um, sitting down and the food is is at an angle like a 45 degree angle from you um, that that's another great way to photograph food um, something that has some interest on the top the bottom and you're kind of approaching it uh, getting ready to dive in and take that first bite so there are kind of three main angles straight on three quarters and top down that makes sense are there any other items that make for a great food shot that isn't necessarily the food? Absolutely. So food props are often um, used in food photography. So everything from the plate that the food is sitting on, the silverware that's surrounding it, a, a linen to help soften the table or the scene. Sometimes you can put glassware uh, as a soft focus in the background to add a little bit of interest but not really distract from the main hero of the photo. So thinking about all of those things, as well as the surface that you're shooting on, um, anything can work as a surface. It doesn't matter if it's the floor in your uh, kitchen, if it has a really cool tile, uh, you can definitely place the plate on the floor. No one really needs to know it's your floor um, or a cookie sheet. Um, some really great textured cookie sheets work for food photography, whether it's the background or being able to put your cookies on them or, you know, anything on top of a cookie sheet adds a little bit of interest. Um, but having, having some props that are a little bit more muted in color and texture help the food to really be the focus of the photo. Um, things that are like, yeah, like bright plates, uh, yellows or reds or like bright greens tend to be a little bit more distracting 
And if you want the food to really be the hero of the photo, then keep your props really muted. So white and clear, glass, ceramic, something that's like clay or handmade that has a little bit of texture and interest to it, but isn't really all that much, you know, all that distracting. That'll help to really make sure that, that your eye, the viewer's eye immediately goes to what you want them to focus on. That's a great tip. And, and speaking of distracting, do you have any tips for if someone is doing a shot from above in sort of a flat lay kind of thing and arranging props, maybe spoons, napkins, whatever, um, is there a is there sort of a rule of thumb for when that gets to be too busy, supposing the props are muted in tone anyway, but at what point is it like, whoa, you have too much stuff in the shot? <laughs> uh, it kind of depends. So if you're trying to show like a tablescape, where maybe you have a, a hero platter of a Thanksgiving dish um, in the center of the table, and then there's plates surrounding it, and you're really wanting to show that there is a scene going on, then you're allowed to have a little bit more going on. But if it's just the pizza and you really want that to be the focus, I'd say fewer items are better in that sort of a situation. You really want um, the viewer to not have their eye darting around the image. You want them to see where where you're going and um, really focus in on that pizza or the Thanksgiving dish or whatever it is that uh, that you're really trying to capture. Oh, that's great. You actually led right into my, my last question is how do you control where the viewer's eye goes? Like what's a good way to sort of place food so that we're looking at the right thing uh, when we look at a food photograph. Composition. So composition comes into uh, into play a lot when you're doing this. The way that you angle the fork and the knife, the way that you lay the linen, um, that can kind of draw or direct your eye in a certain way, similar to you know landscape photography where you have leading lines. Um, if there's directionality in the image, um, that your eye will naturally follow that. So sometimes it's a linen coming from the top right and sort of sweeping around the plate, your eye will naturally follow the, mo the motion and the movement of the linen and follow it and land right smack dab on the middle of that plate. It's in the center of the image. Oh, that's a good visual. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Well, is there anything that you would say before we wrap up here uh, to avoid? Like just when you're arranging stuff, don't do this. <laughs> I always keep um, odd numbers in mind. So the eye tends to appreciate odd numbers. Um, it's more interesting. It's more dynamic. So think about grouping things in threes or fives. I don't know if I'd go any more than that because it tends to get a little bit busy. But if you have three cupcakes uh, that has more dynamic interest and kind of movement to it. So thinking about that as a way to, to focus how many items you're, you're photographing or um, to be able to lead your eye throughout the image, um, definitely keep, keep odds in mind. Those odds are good. <laughs> okay, so avoiding the evens if we can. Definitely. Cool. Yeah. Well, that was, that's, I think that's gives a lot of new photographers, even people that have been shooting food for a while, something to think about and practice and try out. So thank you for that. Where can people find you on the internets? Sure. Um, our website is quincystreetkitchen.com and we are at Quincy Street Kitchen all over the internet. Wonderful. And I'll have all this stuff in the show notes. So if you're listening right now on, on your favorite app, it should be uh, all linked up in there. Thank you, Kristen. For listeners, we are going to do two more parts of this beginner food photography workshop, I guess we're going to call it. And uh, we'll be back 
on the next episode.